Welcome to the introductory episode of the Ed Fringe podcast. My name is Barry Ferns, and this is a series of interviews aimed at sharing the experiences, facts, memories, practicalities, and soul of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. By the way, you really don't have to listen to this introduction to listen to the podcast. In fact, you might prefer to ignore this relatively sedate but ambient description. And if so, I'd recommend fleeing from this feed right now and diving into the deep, cool conversations with Izzy Sutty or Joe Wilkinson and Diane Morgan or Simon Munry, among many others that are going to appear down the Ed Fringe podcast pipeline soon. But for now, though, let me introduce myself. My name is Barry Ferns, and I'm going to be your host on these journeys through everyone's individual fringe experiences. I have been to the fringe almost every year since 1995, where I first performed as a bright-eyed 15-year-old with nothing more than his paper round money to pay for a cheap accommodation and a really delusional dream of becoming an actual stand-up comedian. Over the years, I've put on over, somehow put on over 30 shows at the Fringe. I've uh, won awards. I've failed to win awards. I've set up awards. I've gone bankrupt because of it. I've changed my name because of it. I've been broken because of it. I've been elated by it. I've received a sketch show TV deal through it. I've received one star reviews. I've received five star reviews. And I've received many, many three-star reviews. I've made new friends, lost relationships through it, had nights as unique and bizarre as any you could possibly imagine. And I've gotten drenched through by the rain more times than I can actually remember. (laughs) Which is basically your, your standard fringe career. Like, this podcast will talk around as many parts of the fringe experience as it can. From shows, to stress, joy, drunkenness, reviews venues, accommodation, finances, agents, hopes, dreams, devastation, performance, writing, uh, the craft of it, to really the minute nuts and bolts practicalities of how to put on a show. I'm going to interview comedians, venue owners, agents, reviewers, fringe veterans, theatre impresarios, and well, probably more comedians as well. Over time, the podcast might actually look at other fringes, both in the UK and abroad, and widen its scope to like the experience of the main Edinburgh Festival. But for now, it's anchored in the Edinburgh Festival fringe, past and present, and uh, meant as an enjoyable wiki-like resource for the fringe over time. And why am I making this? Well, I've spent over a year and a half of my life in Edinburgh and pretty much none of that time has been outside of festival hours. I've uh, lived there in one month increments. The first time I was there, like I said, I was 15, uh, catching a National Express bus up with money I'd saved up from paper rounds and a bit of work at Burger King. Yeah, that was even better paid than paper rounds. Uh, staying at the Blackfriars Hostel on Blackfriars Street and uh, exploring the city. Like I said, I had this dream of being a stand-up comedian. Like all of my stand-up heroes, they spoke about Edinburgh. So it felt like the only place to be in August. It is extraordinary. Like when you get off the train during the festival at Edinburgh Waverley, the insanity of it is immediately around you. 
The first thing you see when you get off is a contortionist dressed as Braveheart, get accosted by a load of half-dressed students singing Coca Cabana. Then you see an opera singer walking on a tightrope. Like every doorway you pass is a performance space. You sit down in a cafe and the person next to you could be a trapeze artist, a ventriloquist, a Russian poet. And it's like every corner you turn around, there's this mythic, timelessly Scottish sound of the bagpipes. And all of this takes place against this amazing backdrop. The castle, Arthur's seat, and the, of course, the backdrop of perpetual rain and the sporadic beats of hearts being clogged by deep fried pizza. But it, like, it, it takes over the city. The, the festival, if you don't know, it's like almost 4 million tickets are sold every year. There are over 60,000 performances and 8,000 individual shows. It's mental. There's 300 venues and over 20,000 performers from over 70 countries. Coming up to the Edinburgh Fringe those early years and still, it's like just to experience the craziness of what these people were doing with their, these lives it is really inspiring. It really does feel like you're running away to the circus for a week, but like a human circus where, where the animals treat themselves badly. One of the most extraordinary things about the Fringe is that if you have an idea, you can make it happen. So from a performer or writer or producer's point of view, it's absolutely open. And there are very few places where you can do this in the entire world. Like anyone can come and do it. And for one month, you can immerse yourself into the life of being an artist, not just one night, but an entire month. And as a 15 year old, it was really like, and still to this day, it's like being in some kind of weird Olympic village where the comedians are performers you see on stage at daytime, you can be sharing a drink with in the evening. Like I remember the first year I was there, I wound up in an Italian restaurant with Bill Bailey, Sean Locke, Jeff Green and John Maloney and a couple of other people sat around the same table. I mean, I've got no idea how I ended up there. I think I just kind of invited myself, but it was amazing. Like I was gobsmacked and it was like <laughs> the, the, the disparity between our lives where um, Sean Locke, at some point I sat next to Sean, turned said to me, so, you know, casually, nicely, so what are you doing? And the only response that I had was GCSEs, which really threw him. It's just so exciting. And not only was I going for pasta with Bill Bailey, but it was 1995 and I'm from Dorset, so never genuinely never had pasta before so that was also exciting this podcast uh, will include these kind of tales as well as tales of debauchery and well rampant professionalism it intends to cover it all and when the festival starts up again it will report from the fringe itself and I say that because sadly uh, the festival or fringe didn't take place in 2020 because of COVID-19. In fact, it's the first time since 1947 that it hasn't taken place. And there's a good chance that it also won't take place in a meaningful way in 2021 as well because of the virus. So for now, this podcast is also serving, hopefully, as a comforting uh, reminder of what it is in some way to keep the spirit alive. By the way, as well as the main interviews, there's going to be extra footage, videos and interviews and feeds on my Patreon page, which is Patreon forward slash Barry Ferns. Uh, but the uh, main podcast is free every single fortnight. And thanks for listening to this ambient introduction. I hope you enjoy walking through the streets of the Fringe with me over the next months and years.